Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hello, Andrew. Hey there, Edwin. Two days in a row, I'll introduce it. <laughs> well, why not? We, we get confused when I go back and forth between you and Peyton. So. It's okay. It's all right. We're, I'm here. You're here. There's microphones. Well, we're going to We're going to have a podcast. We are going to talk no matter what. We and, will and we should converse. tell people that if they like the Text Talk podcast, they should rate it, review it, share it with people on all the different platforms. Cause, we should do that. Because this podcast is everywhere, and we love to hear from our listeners. You can send us an email, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. Been getting some good questions of late. Yes. So excited about that. Oh, of course, you can also go to the Facebook group and we can have a discussion. Yes. Get other people involved in discussing some of these That's things. That's exactly right. It's good. It's good. And so we just appreciate everybody listening to the podcast. Today, we are continuing our talk and discussion through James chapter 2. Uh, I'm going to pick up in the next paragraph reading James 2 and verses 8 through 13 from the New King James Version. James chapter 2, verse number 8. If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak, and so do, as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy. Mercy. <laughs> we end with mercy, and we start with the royal law, the king's yeah, law. The king's law. Not Elvis. Mm. Have mercy. That was his law, right? <laughs> oh, okay. So, but the king, the royal law, which king yeah. are we talking about here? I think we're talking about King Jesus. Yeah. This is the law that he declared. Mm-hmm. He he was asked, what is the greatest commandment? And his response to that was, number one. Yeah. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Number two. Love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, we see that. I think so. When he says the royal law here, I think I think that's what he's talking about. I would agree with that. That this is the law that the king stated, that Jesus Christ stated as all that the law and the prophets fed into, mm-hmm. that it was all supporting. And they all hung on that. Not that oh, if you keep these two, it doesn't matter if you keep the rest. It's that if you keep these two, you will keep it all. That these two summarize everything that God has for our lives. So often I think about law in terms of prohibitions and mm. all of the thou shalt nots. And I mean, even in our own legal system here in the states, it seems like it's a lot more about what you cannot do. Yeah, but here is a law showing you what to do. Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. And so it's about loving your neighbor to keep that law as opposed to violating various things. In this paragraph, he uses the word law, and there, there seem to be three—I I don't want to say three different things, because it may be three different ways of talking about the same thing, or three different nuances, or who knows, but we've got the royal law, mm-hmm. love, love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. Then he talks about being transgressors of the law, because the same law that said— 
don't commit murder also said don't commit right. adultery. Now yeah. that's referring to the law. The law of sp- Moses, right? Specifically the Ten, Ten Commandments. Commandments. Yeah. It, it contained both of those. He says, okay, now maybe you'll keep the one commandment by not murdering, but if you commit adultery, you're guilty not just of that rule, but of violating the law. Violating the, the law. Entire law. Yeah. You, you know, it's it's not I have to break all of the laws to be guilty of breaking the law. If I break any of the laws, I am guilty of breaking the law. Which is I, I think a, a great, I guess, principle to understand kind of how this works in the eyes of God. If if you're ever trying to study with someone and teach them about even the concept of sin, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people I won't say a lot of people, but, but sometimes people struggle with that. You know, because they don't ever see sin as, well, I violated some point of God's instruction. They see sin in terms of, how bad am I compared to somebody else? Right. Right? How are you going to call me a sinner? I've never murdered someone. How are you going to call me a sinner? I've never committed adultery or, you know, whatever the, quote, big sins are. Right. But, but, But really the principle is when you have violated God's word, when you violated his law, I mean, that's it. You have sinned, and there are consequences with that. And while this is not James's point, I do think we learn from this the foundation for why we cannot be delivered and saved by law. Yes, yes. If I have broken a law, keeping another law is not going to save me. I'm still guilty of the law. Yes. And so I can have the law that says, be baptized. Mm-hmm. Okay, I kept that one. Mm-hmm. Good, good for you. Keeping that rule does not all of a sudden make up for the fact that I lied, I cheated, I lusted, I you know whatever list of things. And even if there's only one or two things on my list of law breaking, if I have broken the law, I am guilty of the entire thing. Yeah. And there's no amount of rules that can be tacked on top of that that will make up for that. No. Does that, does that make sense what I'm yeah. saying there? So so I mean it it shows you how desperately you need a savior. We need a savior. <laughs> I need a savior. Absolutely. James of course here is saying this in the context of the partiality that some of the Christians were demonstrating. He's saying, here's the royal law. The royal law is to love your neighbor. We've already heard that the ones who are qualified for the kingdom love God. Yes. We, we heard that. Now he's adding in, if you keep the royal law, loving your neighbor, neighbor. that is great. Don't do it with partiality, because if you're being partial, then you're not keeping the royal law. Well, and, and verse 9 even says, you commit sin. So, I mean, if, if we scratch our heads and wonder, well, what does that mean, love your neighbor, not loving your neighbor? Well, here's a great specific. You're showing partiality like this. You're violating this law. You are not loving your neighbor. You're not loving your neighbor. So there's the royal law. Then there's this law that refers to Moses' law, very specifically the Ten Commandments. Then he talks about the law of liberty. He's already mentioned that back in chapter 1, that if we look into the law of liberty, hearing and doing, persevering in it, we will be blessed in our doing. Now he comes around and says, look, this thing about partiality, uh, you need to conduct this. This business about loving your neighbor and partiality, you need to conduct this as one who is going to be judged by the law of liberty. Now, I know that that is an expression you've done a little more study on, uh, and, and I'd love to hear some of the things that, uh, that you were discovering. Well, so on the surface, I agree, as I've heard and as I've said before, that law of liberty does include this concept that law itself provides liberty. Mm-hmm. I, I think it is a great example to think about driving. Mm-hmm. Why am I confident to pull out of my driveway in my car 
because there's lines on the road, there are signs that give direction, there's these little lights that that change colors. Yes. And and most people are following the exact same rules. And of course, mm-hmm. what what becomes dangerous is when somebody is not following the rules. Right. Breaking those that, rules. That's when when they don't follow the law, that's when our freedom to drive safely starts getting hindered. Yes. But it is the law that provides us the liberty to conduct ourselves in that way. So I do I do believe that is included in this. I think, however, in context, I want to throw something out. This is something that I've been looking at. I think we may be referring to something specifically in Israel's history, in Israel's law. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to the Jubilee. In Leviticus oh. 25, mm-hmm. we are told about the Jubilee year. It's a year in which property reverts back to the original owners so that it can stay in their proper inheritance. But it's also the year in which all the slaves are set free. All the slaves are set free in the year of Jubilee. Of course, remember that in Israel, slaves who were Israelites were the poor. Right. They were poor who had gotten themselves in a mess had or sold themselves into slavery sold themselves to pay into debts slavery. and so forth. That's yeah. exactly right. Now, somebody could redeem them. If mm-hmm. someone could cover their debt, they could redeem them and set them free. But if that didn't happen, in the year of Jubilee, they were set free. They, they were set at liberty. There was a, I'm going to use this accommodatively, there was a law of liberty mm-hmm. in the year of Jubilee. Mm-hmm. Here's why I think this is important, because in Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 through 3, we hear a prophecy about our king. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that they may be glorified. I remember when Jesus read a portion of that in the synagogue at Nazareth, they went to push him off a cliff because he said, this is fulfilled and you're here. Here, here is this prophecy of the ultimate year of Jubilee. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says that verse right there, that passage, yeah. that's me. That's about me. That's me. And they were and like, then, oh, no, 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 no not, not you, buddy. Uh-uh. <laughs> that's exactly right. Jesus says this year, this ultimate year of Jubilee, where there is the law of liberty, the law of setting captives free, of setting slaves free, is in the year of Jubilee. Now, I want to tie to a particular event that occurs that we see in Jeremiah chapter 34. In Jeremiah chapter 34, King Zedekiah makes a covenant with the people. And in that covenant, they agree to keep the year of Jubilee. They agree to set all of their slaves free. However, in verse 11, let's see here. I'm I'm just going to go ahead and start reading in verse 8. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord after King Zedekiah had made a covenant with all the people in Jerusalem to make a proclamation of liberty to them. The SV has the word liberty there. That everyone should set free his Hebrew slaves, male and female, so that no one should enslave a Jew, his brother. And they obeyed all the officials and all the people who had entered in the covenant that everyone would set free his slave, male or female, so that they would not be enslaved again. They obeyed and set them free. There's the law of liberty. There's love of neighbor. That's what this is. This is this is an example of loving their neighbor. They set their slaves free. They followed the law of liberty. Except, verse 11, 
But afterward, they turned around and took back the male and female slaves they had set free and brought them into subjection as slaves. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I myself made a covenant with your fathers, and I brought them out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, saying, At the end of seven years, each of you must set free the fellow Hebrew who has been sold to you and has served you six years. You must set him free from your service. But your fathers did not listen to me or incline their ears. You recently repented and did what was right in my eyes by proclaiming liberty each to his neighbor, and you made a covenant before me in the house that is called by my name. But then you turned around and profaned my name when each of you took back his male and female slaves, whom you had set free according to their desire, and you brought them into subjection to be your slaves. Mm-hmm. Here, of course, bringing in not only the Jubilee year, but the Sabbath year mm-hmm. that was taking place every seven years. Here was this great law of liberty that said, set them free, and they did it. They followed the law of liberty. But then they violated the law of liberty. Instead of loving their neighbors, instead of having compassion on their poor neighbors, instead of having this mercy upon them and caring for them and providing for them, they took them back into slavery. They showed partiality. They, they, you guys aren't worth it. We're going to bring you back. You sh- you're going to be our save- slaves. You're going to serve our ends rather than us serving you, rather than us helping one another. They violated the law of liberty. And what happened to them? They were judged for it. Mm-hmm. When, when James says, so speak and so act as those who are going to be judged under the law of liberty, if, if he's not referring to this specific thing, I think he's referring to something like this. Mm. The law of liberty that says, love your neighbors, set your captives free. But now what these Christians are doing is saying that, well, that there are some, oh yeah, we're all equal, but some are more equal than others. Right. Yeah. Yeah, some are worth more than others. And so, yes, I've covenanted with you, Lord, to love my neighbor, but now I'm going to take it back mm-hmm. because I'm not going to love that neighbor. Mm-hmm. And, and what we learn is if, if I'm going to conduct my spirituality and my discipleship like that, I will be judged. And mercy triumphs over judgment. I think what he's saying here is not when you're always merciful, you'll never be judged. Uh, not in the sense of, you know, if you if people believe something incorrect or they're committing some sin and you just give them mercy, you won't get judged. What he's saying is if you quit judging your neighbor because of his poverty, but instead show mercy, this thing that you're wanting from that, whatever it is that you're hoping to receive by showing preference to the rich and judging the poor, mm-hmm. if you show mercy that's going to triumph. That's going to get you the goal that you're hoping for. He's not saying if you ignore people's sins, you won't get right. God will ignore your sins. Right. He's saying if you're merciful to those who are in need like God is, well, that's going to triumph over judgment yeah. because you will be keeping the law of liberty and we're going to be judged under the law of liberty. That's my thoughts. I look forward well, to people responding to that. <laughs> I mean, hey, and in that respect, uh, mercy goes along well also yes. with what it looks like to love your neighbor as yourself. Yes, absolutely. Uh, the one who is merciful is the one who was his neighbor. We are All smack right. out of time, over yeah. out of time. Yeah, so, well, so why don't you say a prayer real quick. Then. Holy God, thank you for being merciful. Make us merciful. May we love our neighbor as you love our neighbor. Lord, it's through Jesus who gave us the example of mercy and loving our neighbor that we pray this prayer. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. 
You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.